This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, you might have seen the research vessel, the Martin Sheen. It had been docked in False Creek, and it has been part of a mission on the coast. And biologist Alexandra Morton has been part of this as well. The Martin Sheen looking at fish farms, looking at salmon farmed salmon pens on the coast. And this is all part of the Sea Shepherd Conservation Society's research mission. This is a mission of the defense campaign called Operation Virus Hunter 2. And Alexandra Morton joins us on the line now to talk a little bit about what the society has found in part of this mission. Alexandra, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, tell us a little bit first off uh, what uh, what you were looking for. Well, um, over 80% of this industry is infected with a virus called the Piscine Rio virus, which is a blood virus in salmon that is causing enormous trouble for the industry in Norway. And so I'm tracking this virus here in British Columbia and finding it in the majority of farm salmon. The industry admits that they are infected. And I'm in court uh, suing the Minister of Fisheries and the two Nor- Norwegian companies here to ensure that these fish get tested before they're put into the sea pens to try to limit the spread of this virus to our wild fish. And what does the virus do? Well, it loads up in the red blood cells, and there, uh, the red blood cells become little virus factories producing more of it. So we're concerned that at that stage of the infection, that the fish might be having trouble uh, carrying oxygen in their blood. And then, if the fish is stressed, it aims right at their heart and causes significant heart damage, uh, which farm salmon can recover from, but they're so lethargic and weak during the recovery phase that scientists think wild fish would be eaten by a predator during that, that period of time and wouldn't survive to heal. And have you talked to the industry or had any response? We are going to talk to the industry a bit later on, but have you heard anything back from the industry when you raise these concerns? Yes. So I'm in court with Marine Harvest and CERMAC, and we hear a lot from them. Uh, Marine Harvest uh, said that five out of six of their hatcheries are infected with this virus, but their feeling is that if it's not causing a population impact on the wild fish, that it's okay not to test for it and not to uh, try to limit the, uh, the spread of this virus on this coast. As a scientist, and speaking to the scientists in Norway, uh, we don't share that opinion, because if you, if you wait for a virus to uh, have a population impact on wild salmon, well, then it's too late, isn't it? It's already destroyed that population. Uh, are there ways to deal with it if they see an outbreak of the virus or know that the virus is present? Is there a way to eradicate it? No, uh, really, the answer is just get them out of the water and, and become like all other the other feedlots in North America. you got to close the door. And we learned this with birds. You can't let wild birds land in chicken farms because of the scare of avian flu. We had the swine flu um, scare as well, uh, bovine tuberculosis. It, it, the, the laws are so different. The natural laws are so different in nature versus the farms that uh, nature can't deal with these, uh, these factories because they just keep producing disease. In nature, if a fish is diseased, it dies. A predator is on it and eats it, and that's the end of that fish, and it really limits the spread of disease. But in these farms where there's you know, a million and a half fish going in the circle in one place, which is so unnatural for salmon, and, you know, they're, they're releasing their feces in the water. You know, they're basically marinating in this stew of, 
you know, the byproducts of these fish going to the next fish, and so these diseases spread. There was a scientist, Dr. Kyle Garver, with DFO, who testified at the Cohen Commission that a farm can be producing 65 billion infectious particles per hour. Well, you know, our wild fish are just not designed to survive that. Uh, and we've talked about this in the past. Would it solve the problem if we did take the, the farms out of the water and put them on land? Yes, absolutely would solve the problem. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not fighting aquaculture. What I'm, what I'm trying to do is protect wild salmon because obviously they're in serious trouble. I mean, last year was the lowest Fraser sockeye run ever. This year, again, it's lower than they expected. Meanwhile, in Alaska, where they don't have salmon farms, they never let them in, they got four times the sockeye return that they forecast. I mean, and the chum salmon runs are huge, and it's the same on the other side of the Pacific uh, in Russia. They're getting huge wild salmon runs. So, you know, when DFO says there's something wrong out in the ocean, the evidence does not support that. Uh, the the Sea Shepherd Society also uh, released information saying that uh, along with uh, with that uh, they also found and using GoPro using an underwater camera uh, they found that there were wild fish trapped in the pens and these are pens that had already been harvested so they didn't have the the farm salmon in them but there were wild fish uh, herring and some other fish that were trapped is that something that you've witnessed as well Absolutely. So uh, when we go through each territory, we have a representative of the First Nation on board. And hereditary chief uh, George Kwok Sister Jr. was with us going through the Discovery Island. And when we pulled up to one of the farms, the Sonora Point Farm, owned by Marine Harvest in Nodale's Channel, he could see all this dimpling. It looked like rain on the surface of the water. Well, George is an old-time fisherman, and to him that means fish. So he went up to the farm and he asked the farmer, what kind of fish do you have in that pen? Well, the guy on the farm, I guess, had been instructed to say there were no fish in that pen. George simply didn't believe him. And so, I mean, this man's in his 70s. He he put on his regalia. He grabbed a GoPro camera. He got in the dinghy, and he went over there himself, got on the farm, and put the camera down. And, oh, my gosh, there were thousands of herring darting around. They're in half a meter of water, which is so unnatural for them. During this heat wave, I mean, these fish want to dive anyway, down to the deep water every morning. Here they were trapped, along with something else, capelin or ulican. We couldn't really tell because the GoPro isn't high enough quality and the fish were moving so fast. And so, I mean, he called DFO. He called the DFO Aquaculture Branch. He called his MLA, his MP. He called the uh, First Nations Fisheries. Nobody would come out and take a look, and nobody has told him whether or not these fish have been released. He also feels that during the harvest, millions of others might have been sucked up into the the harvest boats during the harvest because they they do it with big vacuum tubes. So um, George has been concerned about this for years, and it was just extremely brave of him to step on that farm. And I just want to say, you know, the fish farmer on board the farm was, was, they were professional about it, and they just gave up. I mean, there was really nothing they could do, and they... They just walked away in the end, and they allowed him to shoot uh, quite a bit of video. Uh, and this might seem like an overly uh, simplistic question, but how do the herring, how do those fish then get into that uh, pen and not, not be able to get out? Oh, so that's a very good question. Um, so when we're videoing outside the pen underwater, we can see that the herring are feeding on either the farm fish feces or 
the little bits of farm fish feed. I mean, the herring are just concentrated along the outside of the pens. And then you get seals and you get humpback whales. And when they chase these fish, they are popping through the net. They're just, I mean, they can fit. They don't naturally want to do that because they're an open ocean animal. They're not used to being crowded and, you know, through things. But they will go through. However, once they're in the net, unless they're scared again, they don't know how to get out. It's like when the people put nets around killer whales, everybody wondered, well, why don't they just jump over the net, which they could easily do. But it's just not in their memory to do that. They, they don't know how to do it. So they could get out, but they, they don't seem to know how. Uh, and Alexandra, what are you what are you going to do? You mentioned uh, there is legal action ongoing at this point. Uh, there's campaigns such as this one or, or missions such as this one that you're a part of. What else uh, will you do uh, in this battle? Well, I'm doing um, two things. One is I'm I'm getting the numbers on this. I'm I'm researching where the virus is. Uh, you know, is it way up in the Skeena? Answer to that question is yes, but it's extremely low. Is it more concentrated around the farms? answer to that question is yes. But I have done this for over 30 years with sea lice and many aspects of this industry. And I think the most important thing I can do right now is to serve the non-Indigenous governments, the First Nation governments, who really want to see fish persist on this coast. And, you know, it's very difficult for them to do this work uh, because, you know, they, they have elected governments, they have hereditary governments, there's a lot of conflict there. But they want wild fish to survive. And I really don't see that with Dominique LeBlanc, our Minister of Fisheries. I don't, he, he, he never comes forward and says, you know, I see this as a problem and here's what we're going to do about it. Instead, he's fighting me in court so these fish don't even have to be tested for viruses before they're put into the ocean. So I'm supporting First Nations in this, going to continue the lawsuits. And, uh, and really, I'm so grateful to the Sea Shepherd Society. I, it's not, an organization I would naturally think to work with, but the crew on this boat are so professional and hardworking, and we are determined to get the images because I think the only reason salmon farming persists on this coast in 2017 is because nobody really knows what is going on in these farms. All right. Well, Alexandra, I appreciate uh, you coming on and sharing uh, this with us, the the new information. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for taking some time this morning. Thank you so much for having me on. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.